everybody. Welcome to Nostalgia and Now. As always, it is your host, Kelly. I am so excited to be back. This two-week break was not exactly planned. What I planned to do was record two weeks ago, take two weeks off, and then record again once I was back in Tennessee. Right now, I'm in Massachusetts. I'm actually hanging out in the bedroom where I created Laguna Biatch on the first mic I ever used for the podcast. So I'm definitely feeling a lot of nostalgia right now, to say the least. I would also like to apologize for my voice. I am dealing with awful allergies being in Massachusetts. I do not know what is in the air, but I do know that my sinuses are not very pleased with it. So it's been a bit. I was not planning on taking a two-week break. I really wasn't. What I was planning on doing was a longer episode and then taking two weeks off while I was in Massachusetts and then kind of putting together a episode when I was back in Nashville, probably midweek. But I wanted to explain that. I think I've talked about it quite a bit on the actual Instagram, Laguna Biatch. But I wanted to be honest with you guys, I was not doing well. My mental health was in a really, really low place. And I realized that when I was not able to get out of bed to record the podcast, I was in a serious depression. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a trigger warning out there. I'm gonna talk a lot about my depression right now. Definitely use the timestamps if you wanna skip over this. If you're only here for the pop culture, only here for the recaps, that's totally cool. I know that is something I love to do as well. So definitely check out the timestamps to know when to skip to. I just wanna throw that out there. My feelings will not be hurt if you uh if you're not into listening to this. But I did want to tell you guys, um, I quit my job. I've talked about my job quite a bit, and I don't want to go into deep details. All I can say is it became a very toxic environment, and I felt that if I did not leave, I would have been pushed out very quickly, and I just wanted to leave on my own terms. So right now, I am unemployed. I'm very scared about it because I'm moving also first weekend of May. I'm moving to a new apartment, and yeah, it's all kind of scary, But before that, I guess before I quit, so that was last Monday I quit, I just, I was not doing well. I was, I had a lot of really invasive thoughts, I guess you could call them. I had a lot of really negative, negative thoughts about life, about what I was doing with my life, about how I was feeling about myself. And it came to a head where I was just like, I need to figure something out, right? Because I feel like in in my life, it's very hard for me to express proper emotions. Growing up with an alcoholic parent, you learn how to kind of suppress things. When you're upset about something, you're told not to be upset about it. Even, you know, in life in general, things like that happen. It's really hard for me to feel my true feelings. And my true feelings were starting to get a lot darker because I wasn't allowing myself to feel them. I don't know if that's making sense. But if you're, if you're, if you're still here, I hope that made sense. So if you've ever had those intrusive thoughts about hurting yourself or about about just just things that could possibly scare you, know you're not alone in that. And I'm really, really lucky I have the support system I have. Now that my mom has a clear head, now that she's been sober for over two months, she has been a great support system for me. She's been someone who I can really talk to about what is going on in my life, how I'm feeling. I have great friends who check in on me when they realize, you know, my, my Twitter can be sometimes dark, but when it becomes a little too dark, they're like, hey, we need to talk. We need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. And again, as I said, pulling myself even out of bed was becoming a struggle. And then some things happened at work and I was just like, I cannot do this. I cannot focus on this podcast. I can barely focus on myself. So I took the two weeks off and I feel a lot better. And I wanted to say thank you guys for sending me 
so many nice messages. I guess right before I hit that dark period, I got a really, really hard review. And I try not to read reviews because I don't like negative reviews. Negative reviews are really hard for me to deal with. I'm getting better with them, but they're still kind of difficult. And I got one that was really, really bad. It was um, a listener in Canada. She went off about how a lot of people don't like the rebrand. That's totally fine. That's I get it. Whatever. Like, I get it. I made a change. People don't like change. Totally get that. But then she started to kind of attack my character and she attacked the cast interviews that I was doing and how I don't ask hard-hitting questions. So I just wanted to clarify that. I ask questions that I know they're comfortable with. So they want to come back. So they want to follow the page. So they want to do interviews. I mean, we just got Lo Bosworth to agree to come on the podcast. I'm just waiting for an email. We're going to figure out a date. It's going to be awesome. But if I if I was to ask, you know, really invasive questions, I guarantee you Lo Bosworth would not even want to talk to me. I am still shocked that she agreed, right? Like, that's still kind of crazy. So I try and ask more fun questions, leave it open, and just see how they want to answer. And if they do want to answer some harder questions, that's awesome too. But I also just think it's fun to talk. I don't know. That's just my personality. That's how I like to interview people. And again, if they do want to go deeper, if they do want to talk about deeper stuff, I mean, we had Nick Thomas from The Spill Canvas and he talked about heroin addiction. If that's what they want to talk about, guess what? That's what we're going to talk about. I just kind of wanted to clear the air with that. But yeah, I did not expect to take this long of a break. I really didn't. I needed to change something. And unfortunately, that something was quitting a job without a job. I'm really scared about it, especially with moving to a new apartment that's more expensive than my previous apartment, having a laptop (laughs) that I do this podcast on, that the C and D button barely work for the keyboard. Like, there are just so many things that have added up, and I'm looking at my bank account, and I'm like, I gotta make this work. But for once, I really decided to put a pay, my, um, my personal health over a paycheck. And I know I've said that before when I'm like, what do you want advice on? And people are like, what do you do when you're in a toxic work environment? I'm like, go to HR or quit. (laughs) And unfortunately, I went to HR a few times, but I did end up quitting. And I think it's for the best. And you know, I love doing the podcast. And again, once I realized that that wasn't something I wanted to do, because I felt so bad about myself, I knew I had to make that change. And then I came home, talked to some family members, talked to some friends and A couple friends were genuinely really worried about me, and luckily, I feel a lot better. I feel 100 times better, and I feel good even going back to Nashville without a job. I'm not scared. You know, I'm kind of happy to have like a week or two off from work, to be totally honest, to just kind of recenter myself. I'm applying to a lot of places, but yeah, I know that I've talked about my mental health, and I know I've said I've struggled with like depression, anxiety, things like that, but I also deal with intrusive thoughts, and sometimes those thoughts get really, really dark. And I'm just, like I said, I'm really glad for the support system I have. I'm really glad for you guys for reaching out to make sure I'm okay because you guys know I like doing this. You guys know that I love doing the podcast and and all of that. So I just, I want to take a moment, kind of address that, say thank you guys for, for caring and for spending, you know, an hour a week listening to me <laughs> ramble about the hills and pop culture. It really means the world to me. And also like caring about my mental health and understanding that like, hey, she's stepping away because of this. So as I said, Lo Bosworth, the, the, like my favorite character of all time. I just stumbled so much because I was so excited when she tagged me in her story being like, yeah, I'll go on your podcast. We exchanged a few DMs. I am just waiting on an email from her PR assistant 
And then we're going to be getting that going. And I'm so excited. The 100th episode's almost on. And I almost thought that I would get like Lauren or Steven before I would even get low. So I am, I get low. I don't know. That just reminded me of that song. Anyway, I'm just really excited about it. I fangirled a bit about it. And that's going to be awesome. But also in a few weeks, we're going to have Brad Fischetti from LFO join the podcast. He's the last living member of LFO. And again, really excited about that. We are recording, I believe, on the 18th or 19th, so it's in a few weeks, probably closer to the end of the month, but it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited, and of course, I'm going to ask for questions that you may have for Brad. Also, now that I have a little bit more time, I'm going to be reaching out to more people. Hopefully, we get more people on the podcast, and we're going to have an awesome time with that. I'm sure we'll get Jemmy. I have not been able to watch the Challenge All-Stars just yet, but I love Jemmy to death, and I want her to get on, spill some tea. And then, of course, some Florida Shore people, they're just waiting for the season to end, and then we'll probably get something going. All right, guys, so now we are at TRL, and it's kind of funny. I can see what people skip, and a lot of people skip TRL, but I love my own little TRL, and I hope you guys enjoy it too, even though analytics tell me differently. I refuse to give it up. I refuse. I'm going to make it happen. Don't tell me not to make my own TRL happen. It's going to fucking happen, okay, people? <laughs> So I found this website and it says the top 10 movies and TV series on Netflix. So movies at number 10 is Lawless. Number nine is Hop. Number eight, Secret Life of Pets 2. Number seven, Elizabeth and Margaret, Love and Loyalty. Number six, A Week Away. Number five is Yes Day. Number four is Octonauts in the Caves of Sun Acton. <laughs> I probably said that wrong. Number three is Seaspiracy, which I'm told is really, really good. Number two is Secret Magic Control Agency, and number one is Bad Trip. As far as TV series, number 10, Rainbow Flag Flying High, nine, Haunted Latin America, eight, Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir, seven, I Carly, six, Nailed It, five, Coco Melon, which we all love. For some reason, I love saying the name of that show, and a lot of people are like, you do not want to ever watch it, but I'm like, why not just take a little edible and watch it? What's wrong with that? Who cares if I want to dig an edible and watch Coco Melon? <laughs> number four is Big Time Rush. Number three is Ginny and Georgia. Number two is The Irregulars, and then number one is Who Killed Sarah? Believe it or not, I've not seen any of those because you guys know that I don't really catch up with Netflix ever, even though I talk about it weekly. I am excited. I know Handmaid's Tale is coming back to Hulu soon, so I'm very excited for that one. The top songs on iTunes at number 10, Dancing with the Devil, Demi Lovato. Don't worry, I have a lot to say about Demi Lovato when we go into the pop culture section. Number nine is Deja Vu by Olivia Rodrigo. I actually like it a lot more than Driver's License. I know that I'm one of the few that wasn't super into a driver's license, but I really like this song. It gives me Lord vibes, and I can only hope that Lord comes out with new music soon. Number eight is Best Friend by Saweetie and Doja Cat. Number seven is Summer of 69 by Brian Adams, one of my first favorite songs of all time. It's also 69 cents on iTunes, which is why I think it is on the charts. Peaches comes in at number six. Of course, that's by Justin Bieber. Number five is Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Again, that is 69 cents, but also just an incredible song. We all should listen to Fleetwood Mac. Number four is Film Out by BTS. Number three is Montero, a.k.a. Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X. That has broken the internet. I know last week, it came out last week in the, the music video. It broke the internet. It got a ton of views and a ton of backlash, but Lil Nas X cracks me up. He's very funny on Twitter. I will say that. 
As far as like the music video and stuff, I don't really have an opinion on it. I mean, people are always going to do things to make outrage and create, you know, sparks and stuff and sparks. Is that what I wanted to say? And create chaos in a way. And Lil Nas X definitely did it with this song. I do like the song. Even if I don't like the music video, I don't care about the music video. Can I just say that? Is that wrong to say? I just, I don't really care about it. But I do like the song. And I do think Lil Nas X is very, very funny on Twitter. Number two is Astronaut in the Ocean by Masked Wolf. And that's been on the chart for a while now. And then number one is Leave the Door Open, Bruno Mars, that sexy little man Bruno Mars, staying in the top 10 of iTunes. Bless it. So my top 10 this week, I wanted to put together a list of songs that make me feel like I am the main character in my own teen drama or rom-com movie, which honestly, I think about a lot. I really think about writing movies quite a bit. So now that I'm fun employed, maybe that's what I'll focus on. So in no specific order, I'm going to I'm going to tell you these. And I want you guys to think about your main character playlist because I think it's important. You need to know how you're going to feel in certain situations even if they're made up completely in your mind. The first song is Gold Rush by Taylor Swift. I love listening to this when I'm walking through an airport or a crowded area. Low by Kelly Clarkson. Torn, Natalie Imbruglia. Mood Forever, Beyonce. Followed by Jealous by Beyonce. Bluebird by Miranda Lambert. She Is, Ben Rector. Uphill Battle by Rozzy, and that's R-O-Z-Z-I. All Love by Fletcher. Sober or Liability by Lord. And then I'm going to end it with Vienna from Billy Joel. I really feel like Vienna by Billy Joel is where I'm at right now. It's like you, you kind of like hit it. You hit rock bottom a little bit and you're just you're sipping on red wine. And it's that it's that scene in the movie where they're sitting at a kitchen table. Their phone lights up. It's someone they don't want to talk to. They flip their phone over and they just lean their head against their hand, close their eyes and then you hear, slow down, you crazy child. You're so ambitious for a... That's all the singing you're going to get. If I'm going to sing on this podcast, I'm going to have to be paid for it because it's so good. I already know it. I want to know your guys's... Should I, I guess I should say y'alls. I've been in Nashville for quite some time. I want to know all y'alls. <laughs> main character playlist. I'm very curious about this. I'm excited to hear it. So last week I actually posted something about my fictional real world that I would put together if I could only have fictional characters and I thought this was one of the best questions I was ever asked. I had so much fun with it and let my imagination really run which I definitely appreciate so thank you to whoever asked this question. But I decided to put my list together. The post wasn't doing great so I did archive it. Please do not judge me for that. But my seven strangers picked to live in a house, forced to have their lives taped. That happens when people start getting real and stop being polite. The real world. That's, That's the intro, right? Something like that. Anyway, the cast goes as follows. Smash Williams from Friday Night Lights. He's the good time guy. He's kind of arrogant. You're like, I don't like him, but he also brings a lot to the show. He's not fighting people. He's just really mouthy and loves to drink. Number two, Marissa Cooper. I mean, come on. She's the privileged one who's trying to be open-minded. You know, she probably says off-color things all the time and people are like, dude, you can't say that. And she's like, no, 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 I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to better myself all while blacking out every single night. So we love her. We, 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 We see her trying at least to be a better person. 
Rachel Gatina, come on. She's the pop-off queen. She makes out with at least three people every time you go to the bar. You don't know if you love her or you hate her, but you do know it's an obsession either way. Number four, I called him the himbo, and that's Nate Archibald. If you don't know what a himbo, himbo is, it's like a handsome dumb boy, basically. I, I learned that word, and now I will never stop using that word. But I do love the idea of him being on the show. Just like kind of dumb. Everybody loves him. Kind of gives me Landon real world Philadelphia vibes. Or like, I guess Landon would get really angry. MJ was kind of like that too from that season. Number five, Ryan Atwood. The misunderstood wrong side of the tracks hottie who like punched somebody. Reminds me of Danny from real world Austin. Number six, Ashley Davies from South of Nowhere. Just a good time. Everybody wants to be around her unless you really don't like her right? And there would be someone there who's kind of closed-minded and she's very out about her sexuality and who she is as a person. And then finally, to round it out, I decided to go with Olivia Baker from All American, the CW show that I am still very obsessed with. She's the artistic one who's like cool with everyone, wants everybody to get along. She's not there for drama. She's there for the experience. So I just wanted to put that out there because the idea of a fictional character real world is one of my favorite things of all time. And it's something where if I had the time and knew how to edit videos, like I would edit that up so quick. <laughs> All right, guys, so we are now going to talk about season four, episode eight of The Hills. It's called Don't Act Innocent. I just want to remind you, I watch on Amazon Prime. I know it's also on Hulu. I think there's also some episodes on Pluto, which is a free app that you can download to like your Fire Stick or Roku or whatever you use. And then I don't know if it's on Paramount Plus. I think it is on Paramount Plus, but I'm not 100% sure. Like every episode, they start off with the recap, and Heidi's family doesn't know about Spencer living there. So we're kind of reminded that Holly was the first to find out, and the rest of her family still does not know that Spencer is living with Heidi. We're also reminded about the Doug and Steph, and also that was all fake. I know I talked about that a little bit last episode, but I actually forgot that for a short amount of time, Steph did a podcast with Wells Adams from The Bachelor, and sometimes she wouldn't show up, like it was a big old mess, but I forgot that she spilled a lot of tea during that, and what's crazy, also go back and listen to her podcast with Kelly Catrone if you have a moment, but she was like, no, it was totally fake, I talked to Lauren about it, and she was totally fine with it, she didn't really care, so production made them go on the date, and a little bit later into this um, breakdown, I'm going to talk about how fake it was, like... It just, it looks really bad. But as always, we have the Lauren quote to start off the episode. Now, I was starting to wonder if everyone was right. And there is a lot of Whitney and Lauren in this episode. So we start off the episode at the gym with Whitney and Lauren. And Whitney's like, when did you get back from Italy? A few days ago. Did you miss anything? Steph and Doug went to dinner. Stephanie Pratt? Like, Whitney is so shaken by this, and Whitney has said that production would always kind of keep her off to the side, so she actually didn't know a lot of the drama until she spoke to Lauren about it. And the trainer is like, didn't you date him? This trainer wants all the tea, and also, it is still the hot trainer that went out to dinner with Whitney that one time. Forget his name, 
It just, his name didn't even pop up while watching the episode, but he is super hot and I wish that he was on the episode more, or on the seasons more, I should say. And Lauren fills them both in on how she called Audrina and how sketchy it all was and she's like, if you have to ask, then you probably shouldn't do it, which I agree with. If you are asking for someone's opinion on like something like that, you probably shouldn't do it. But then the trainer is like, you don't date somebody's ex. It doesn't matter. That's like against the the rules of being a friend. And I agree with that. I mean, I kind of put up a poll really quick and I was like, would you be upset if your friend dated someone who you dated for four to five months? Because obviously Lauren and Doug were not in some committed kind of relationship but I was curious what people thought. And uh, right away, everyone's like, well, I need more details. What are you trying to do? Who are you trying to date? And I'm like, I'm not trying to date anybody, okay? My love life is non-existent. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> but I was curious what people thought. And I guess to me, it's like, if somebody dated someone, I just, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want to be like, maybe compared to them in the back of their head or in the back of my head. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, am I as good a kisser as A, B, and C and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know if that's just an insecurity I have. But I don't know. I think I would also be kind of mad if somebody dated an ex of mine, even if it was just for a little bit. But also, I'm a very emotional person who gets attached very quickly, and I'm aware of that. But that is how the episode ends. I mean, not how the episode ends. But that is how the scene wraps up. It's just the trainer being like, you don't date your friends, exes, and that is that. And I'm like, okay, hot trainer, I believe you. We then get a really nice aerial view of LA. I love when they do the shots of like the big buildings and the hills and all of that. I'm a sucker for a good skyline, I guess you could say. We're then at Fitham because, of course, Lauren and Steph are still fake going there. And they meet up in the courtyard and Steph comes in all extra. She's like, oh, did you get that in Italy? I love your purse. And <laughs> and Lauren's like super cold. She's like, yeah, I got it in Italy. Um, so so what's new? And Lauren just goes, um, I heard you had dinner with Doug. What are you doing, Steph? And then Steph's like, he took advantage of me. He's using me. She then goes on to be like, I deleted his number. And I'm never going to call him back. Like, there's just a lot of how much she's doing to make sure she never sees Doug again. But then, but then Steph goes, are you going to his party? Like, she asks Lauren about it. And Lauren's like, yeah, are you? And Steph goes, yeah, of course. And Lauren looks so confused. She's like, um, you, you blocked him, but you're still going to his party? No, no, I was invited like weeks ago when, when we were still just like friends. And Lauren looks so confused, as she should. So she's like, okay, you blocked him, you're mad at him, you don't want to be his friend anymore, but you're still going to go to his party, but you're only going because you were invited before you blocked his number, so so how is this going to work? <laughs> Lauren's confused face is one of my favorite facial expressions that Lauren does, honestly. But yeah, she looks super confused, and Steph just like gives that like stoner head nod that she does. Now we are at the Spidey apartment, and remember with Spidey, the only storylines they have currently are with family. They have no other friends, and that's something that actually really, really bothers me about Spidey. It's like, obviously, nobody liked them anymore on the cast. Like, nobody wanted to film with them. I guess Justin and Audrina did a few episodes ago. But their whole storyline revolves around their family because other people cannot stand them. And I'm like, that should have been a big warning sign. I guess it was back in the day. It still is a warning sign. But it does really bother me that all of their storylines revolve around Heidi's fake job, but we are cooking with Holly and Heidi, and Holly tells Heidi that she has a surprise for her birthday, and Heidi's like, what's the surprise? When can I find out? And then we hear, we hear a knock on the door, and it is Queen Darlene, one of our favorite people, one of my favorite people to be on the show, 
They're both super excited. Spencer acts excited and says he is just overwhelmed with excitement and love. Shut up, Spencer. And Darlene's kind of like, Spencer's here? And Spencer's like, she didn't know that? Well, well, no, I didn't want to, I didn't want to tell her over the phone. And again, if this is all fake, everybody deserves an Oscar. Because again, I don't know if Darlene was in on the fakeness. I don't know. And it's hard to tell because it's so, it's so hard because I've talked about this before. Spencer has said, this is all fake. It was all an act. And then he went on the Brad Behavior podcast and was like, no, nah, not all of it was an act. Some of it was really real. And a lot of times I wasn't acting. And I don't know if Darlene can cry on cue because if so, she definitely deserved to be working in movies. But Darlene responds to Heidi. She's like, well, I'm disappointed. I had to find out from, from Holly. You think it was easy for me? You think it was easy for me to hide? Well, 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 not hide, but not tell you yet. And reverse psychology is not going to work on Darlene. Darlene is a therapist. Let us not forget that. Darlene is not going to fall for any of Heidi's bullshit. She's like, okay, wait, what are you trying to do? Make me feel bad about it? And then Heidi's quickly like, I didn't want you to judge me. And Darlene then says she wished that they had this conversation alone. And then it's a quick, like, camera pan to Spencer. And he's, like, grinning ear to ear. He's loving this so much. He's like, perfect. I can't wait to completely get her away from her family so I can have her all to myself. But Darlene and Heidi both agree that it's really awkward. And Heidi says she would have told Darlene if she knew she was coming. Or you would have hidden him. You would have had time to hide him. Ooh, Darlene is not playing this time. And honestly, I would never want even a friend to date Spencer, let alone my child to date Spencer. I know I don't have any kids yet, but if my nieces came home with a Spencer Pratt, I'd be like, what the fuck are you guys thinking? But it's very tense. It's very awkward. The the tension's in the air. It's very heavy. You can cut it with a knife. And then Darlene and Spencer decide that they just need to get lunch together. Just the two of them. Because that sounds like a fantastic idea, and Spencer will definitely win Darlene over. There is no question about that, right? The very next scene, we think that Steph and Doug are totally donezo. We think that they are over with. We're not going to see them together anymore other than at the party. But we are bamboozled, let me tell you that. Because Steph and Doug meet up for lunch or coffee. I don't know if it's lunch or coffee. Or is it dinner? They're meeting up in a restaurant. That's all I can tell you. But it's honestly horrible acting on both parts. It is probably the worst acting that I see on the hills. And Steph's like, Lauren knows we went to dinner. And Doug automatically gets really defensive. He's like, whatever, whatever, nothing happened. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad thing that we did. We had so much fun. We didn't do anything wrong. We're just friends. And he's like going on this really long tangent. And it's like dude, what? But he's like, I'll back you up. Let her know nothing happened. And Doug still wants to be cool and wants Steph to come to the party. He's like, you know, I still want to be friends with you. I want to hang out with you. We want to be friends. And Steph's like, what have you told Doug and Frankie? Because they're mean to me. And Doug's like, I haven't told him anything. I haven't told them one thing about you. I'm going to stick up for you. I'm going to make sure Brody's not mean to you. Brody gets off on being mean to Steph. So we all already know that. He's like, if he's going to be mean to anyone, it's going to be Steph. Even in The Hills New Beginnings, there was something where they're like, yeah, Brody and Steph were at a party. They never, they didn't film this part. So that's why, obviously, I think The Hills New Beginning is a wreck. But they were like, yeah, Brody became enraged and chased Steph and jumped over a couch to keep chasing her. And um, I remember being like, what the fuck? But he has a deep-seated hatred for her, apparently. And Doug's like, don't worry, he's not going to make you cry again. I'm not going to allow that to happen. And Steph's like, all right, I don't believe you, but okay. And as the audience, you're like, all right, we don't believe you, Doug, but okay. And then Doug starts trying to be smooth. He's trying to, like, show his pearly whites, trying to look at, look at her all perfect with his perfectly gelled hair. 
And he's like, is tonight a uh, is tonight a movie night or is or is tonight a DVD night? She's like, tonight is definitely a DVD night. <laughs> Before Netflix and chill, we had DVDs and snuggle. <laughs> Dicks and DVDs, is that what it should have been? <laughs> but anyway, there's less than zero chemistry between the two of them. And it's just, it's a hard scene to watch. A lot of this episode until we get to the party is like really cringy and difficult to watch. Also, I'd like to apologize that there are no voiceovers this episode. Usually I like to throw one or two in, but I watched it on my laptop and I did not know how that would sound. And I I already have like a stuffy voice and I'm like, last thing they need is to hear like something also unpleasant other than just my allergy voice. Now we are at People's Revolution for another Lauren and Whitney moment. There is unfortunately no Kelly Catrone in this episode. You know that makes me sad. It should make you sad as well. Kelly Catrone is an icon. That's all I can say about her. But Whitney asks Lauren about Steph and Lauren says it's fine. She's like, I just brushed it under the rug. We're going to move on from it. Whatever. She then mentions the weird barbecue moment that I talked about before where Steph was like, yeah, I'm going to go. Of course I'm going to go, even though I blocked his number and everything. And then Lauren asks Whitney if she'll be going. And Whitney is like, yeah, I'll go for a little bit because she wants to meet Doug, and immediately Lauren goes, you're gonna hate him. And Whitney starts laughing. She goes, no, I already know it. You're gonna really hate Doug, which I think is funny because we all know that Whitney is definitely going to hate Doug. And then Lauren says this, Doug is not worth fighting with a friend over, but apparently it was worth it for her. And I was like, I thought we were over it. I thought we were brushing it under the rug. Why are we bringing this up again? Also, Heidi made it seem like Doug was her like high school sweetheart and so did Audrina. That's why they were so shaken by all of this, which I think is very funny because we all know her high school sweetheart was Stephen Coletti, even though it wasn't, but that does not matter to us. In our realities, it was Stephen Coletti. I guess I should say in our imagination, it was Stephen Coletti. So then we go to Doug's house, his LA house, because remember, he does have a Laguna house as well. This is his Los Angeles home. And Brody and Doug are there, and they're both so hot, but so unlikable, my goodness. I guess I should have said Doug and Kylie Jenner's brother is are there. <laughs> and Brody's like, what's up, buddy? What's up, shady guy? And Brody's teasing him about stuff. And he, and Doug's like, I just want to be friends with her, man. She's crazy. She's obsessed with me. Look at all these text messages she sends me. So immediately, Doug changes his tone about letting Brody be mean to stuff. He's like, no, not only is Brody going to be mean to you, I am also going to be mean to you. So so you better prepare stuff. But it's all bro talk and Doug says that she blew everything way out of proportion and this is a bad side of Doug because for the most part, Doug has been pretty chill. Doug's the one who told Brody not to make girls cry. Doug kind of took the breakup pretty well. He, he's been very chill up until this moment, but now we're seeing the side of him that we do not like. And Doug says, well, Steph's coming. I'm just hoping you don't make her cry again. What is Brody's response to that? If she cries, she cries. It's not my fault fuck off, Brody. <laughs> it's so funny. Like this scene in particular, I was like, these men were complete trash. But watching this show, I probably, I remember not liking Steph. So I was probably like, yeah, be mean to her because bully culture was super cool in the 2000s. But yeah, um, that was that scene. And again, it's just like bro talk. And it's like dudes being dudes and being rude and being awful about this poor girl. But Doug wants to be cool with Brody. And he knows in order to be cool with Brody, he has to be cool with Lauren and not Steph. Doug is trying to play the damn game, if you ask me. We are then at Bloom Cafe. And it's awkward to say the least. It is Darlene and Spencer. 
They take a seat outside and right away Darlene's like, it's nice you let Holly stay with you while she gets on her feet. It's nice of Heidi. I'm not fond of the idea. And then Spencer quickly says he believes Holly wants him out so she can live alone with Heidi. I don't know what he thinks women do. I Because like he said the same thing about Lauren. Lauren wanted Heidi all to herself. And now he thinks Holly wants Heidi all to herself. I mean, maybe they did because they don't want her with Spencer. But I don't know. It's just like such a little weird paranoia to have. Maybe it's like, be a better guy. <laughs> and you won't have to worry so much. Darlene's response to that. Well, maybe that's not a bad idea. What planet are you living on? Is Spencer's response. And then Darlene says she feels Spencer is rushing Heidi, but Spencer doesn't think so. And it's really tense. She feels like Spencer is controlling and manipulative. And she's looking him dead in the eye as she's saying all these things. And Spencer's met his match and he absolutely hates it. Because let's be clear, Spencer loves talking down to women. I don't know why people don't say that more. You know, even his blog that he posted right before season three of The Hills, it's just disgusting how he talks to women. And then Darlene says, I'm not looking to make you uncomfortable. His response, I do not get uncomfortable, my dear. Dear. Ooh, sorry. That was my accent coming out a little bit. Hanging out with my family too long this week. I think you're condescending, rude, and very hostile right now. I think you're taking this the wrong way. Okay, Spencer, like this, again, reverse psychology stuff with Darlene, leave Darlene alone. That's what I want to say. You know, leave Brittany alone. Also, we need to leave Brittany alone. But leave Darlene alone, Spencer. You know that he like loves getting under people's skin and he thinks it's so cool to do that. It's like, dude, you're fucking gross. That's your fiance's mother. And you're like loving going toe to toe and like fighting with her. Grow up, Spencer. Now we're at Doug's house and we have Lauren, Audrina, Justin, Bobby, Frankie, Brody, Whitney, Steph, the crew, no low for this party. Low is not at this party. Everyone just kind of hanging out and Brody and Frankie are making fun of Doug because he's wearing a trucker hat but also has his hair gelled. And they're like, what are you doing wearing a hat but your hair gelled? You just want to look good in your trucker hat, bro? Very weird. And Lauren and Whitney are sitting by the pool and this is one of my favorite moments of the hills. It's very underrated. Whitney looks at Lauren and goes, it's really hot. I want to go inside. Before they can even get up, Doug jumps in, does a cannonball, and soaks Whitney and Lauren. Like, completely soaks them, and they, like, freeze frame, their jaws are dropped, they're like, what the fuck, Doug? Whitney is not having it. We already knew Whitney would not like Doug. And as they both get up, Doug jumps out of the water. He's like, hey, I'm sorry, I, I imagine you hate me now. And she goes, I don't even know you, and I don't want to. I can't lie, that line absolutely killed me. Again, very underrated moment. And Whitney is a low-key savage. So maybe I always say, I'm like, maybe I will watch The City now that I like Whitney. Back in the day, I was just all about Lauren, Lowe, and Audrina. I'm sorry, Whitney, but I've realized my mistakes, and I'm glad that I have time to correct them while I'm still here. But after that moment, Brody goes over and bothers Steph, and he's like, a lot of nerve showing your face around here. I can't believe I get to tell everybody I was right about you and all this stuff and stuff. Just like, leave me alone, Brody. Brody... Is this like a schoolyard crush? Because remember we were all told if a boy was mean to you, that means he likes you. Is that some fucked up shit that's going on with Brody right now? He goes, Steph, I saw all the texts to Doug. Brody keeps saying he knows she wanted to see Doug late night. He's like, I know you're trying to see Doug late night. Late night. He gives us late night over and over and over again. And then he's like, don't be all innocent when you're not. 
and he starts yelling at Steph, and Steph's just taking it. Steph doesn't want to deal with it. And of course, Whitney is the only person with like a balanced head on her shoulders. She turns and looks at Lauren and she goes, why is Brody yelling? It's like not an appropriate time to do that. That's how you know Whitney was never really around the crew. She's like, why is Brody so angry? And Lauren and Whitney just kind of start laughing. And Lauren's like, if you leave, will you take me with you? I'm totally serious. I, I can't leave. I, I didn't drive myself here. And then she's like, I'll, I will walk. I don't live that far away. I'll walk down Melrose wearing this sheer dress. And Whitney and Lauren are just having a good little time together. And honestly, Lauren's like the cool girl with no drama when she's around Whitney. That's the vibes I'm getting for her from her for this party while Whitney's next to her. You know if Whitney wasn't there, Lauren would be in the middle of that drama yelling at Brody, yelling at Steph, yelling everyone. But with Whitney, she's just like trying to be cool and have a good time. And we, we love this version of Lauren. So we leave the barbecue for a little bit and we go to a restaurant called Tart, T-A-R-T. It's with Darlene and Heidi and they're having a lunch together. The ladies order some black tea, and Darlene's like, I'm happy we're having this lunch together, and Heidi agrees. But Darlene doesn't know why Heidi hid the Spencer thing. And Heidi said that she didn't want everyone's input. Everybody, I'm your mother. And Heidi just keeps saying that this is her chance to be like herself and not listen to her parents and all this stuff. And Darlene tells Heidi how he acted during lunch. He's rude. I'd appreciate some respect. Maybe he doesn't want you to be close to your family. And while Darlene is explaining this, she starts to cry. She's very emotional. She feels like she's losing her daughter to a complete psychopath. And she doesn't want to lose Heidi. And Heidi just keeps saying, no, you're not going to lose me. This is my choice. Spencer, you know, this has nothing to do with Spencer. It has me wanting to be my own person. And I know that a lot of this was real between Darlene and Heidi because they did not get along for a very long time. Now it seems like all has been smoothed over, but it clearly had a really big effect on their relationship. So while we wrap this episode up, we are back at Doug's house and we go into his bedroom and there are a lot of framed pictures of himself in his room. And there's also a framed picture of his mom. It's very weird and I feel like they bring it up maybe in the next episode, but Doug definitely loves Doug. And Brody keeps talking shit about Steph. And Doug just can't deal with it anymore. He's like, Steph is a lost puppy. I want nothing to do with her. I just wanted to make her feel good. But she's like a lost puppy and I can't stand it. Now, while the boys are kind of going off, Steph is in the bedroom listening. And Lauren is sitting outside, kind of joining in on it. She's kind of being a mean girl during this point. And Steph's sitting there with like tears in her eyes. She's really upset. And then Lauren says Doug is trying to date her. She's like, you went to lunch, you got dinner, you got coffee with her, you're trying to date her. And Doug starts getting really mad. He's like, you're my ex-fling. What is that? What does that matter? And then Frankie and Brody said that they shouldn't have went to dinner. Again, everyone's flipping out. Doug's starting to get mad and Steph is getting really upset. So Steph goes to leave and as she goes to leave, Lauren walks in behind her, kind of grabs her on arm. She's like, come on, Steph, talk to me. What's wrong? And Steph's kind of like, you you know, you were just talking shit with all the boys. Like, that sucks. She didn't say that. But Steph says she hates Doug and Brody. And Lauren just says, Steph and Doug shouldn't have, you guys shouldn't have done that. Like, you guys shouldn't have went on the date. And Steph apologizes and Lauren just goes, Steph. And like puts her hand up all dramatically and walks away. 
and Steph is standing there in tears. Again, I thought we swept this under the rug, but apparently Lauren is still upset about it. But yeah, that scene with Doug, Brody, and Lauren, she's definitely kind of playing into it being the mean girl, and that's not very cool. But that is how the episode ends. It ends with Stephanie crying, Lauren walking away, and you're kind of like, okay, I guess their friendship's over, and I guess it isn't under the rug. So now let's get into some pop culture stuff. Obviously, we know that Travis Barker and Kourtney Kardashian are officially a couple, and the world is kind of surprised by it, but honestly, I think they're a good couple. For some reason, I think they're very cute together. I actually like them together more than I like Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, as you guys know. For a long time, I did think Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly were a fake couple. I have now removed the PR label from them. Um, Travis and Courtney, a lot of people are speculating that they are, in fact, a PR couple. I'm not sure, though. I don't know... Maybe it is good for the Kardashian brand to date a punk rock star. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't know. They've been friends for a really long time, and I think they finally just decided to give it a shot. And I do see these two lasting a long time. I really wish everyone would stop trying to like romanticize Scott and Courtney. It really bothers me. And I'm not someone who loves the Kardashians. You guys know that. I don't follow them super close. But I do know that Scott was an absolute monster. Apparently, he's changed a bit. But we need to be reminded that like he put Courtney through the ringer. And he also dates super young girls. He's not just dated. A few people were like, well, he's only dated two teenagers. First of all, two teenagers, too many. But also, he did date Bella Thorne and then another model who was really young. So Scott is going to keep being creepy, if you ask me. Um, also, I am going to be doing a deep dive on Reese Witherspoon and Ryan Phillippe. I'm getting all the info together. A lot of you DM'd me because a lot of you are from Delaware and have hung out with Ryan at Dewey, Dewey Beach, I believe it's called in Delaware, because that's where he spends a lot of his summers. So... I'm excited to put that together. I did like a mini weird, not weird. I did a mini deep dive on my story about how Ava and him seemingly had a falling out. And I'm really excited to jump into that because I love their Witherspoon Phillippe family. There's just something about it. I used to love Ryan and Reese as a couple. When they broke up, I got really sad. Don't know how I ended up on this topic when I was talking about Courtney and Travis, but that's okay. Thank you for coming along for the ride. Also, within the last two weeks, Justin Bieber released his newest album, Justice by Justin. And again, it still sounds like a cologne to me, but a lot of people seem to really love it. Um, I know I am a bit biased. I'm just not a huge Bieber fan. I can say he has talent. I can say he can sing, dance, whatever. But his voice just doesn't do it for me. But I know a lot of people really, really love it. I know it was it debuted at number one. It Then it went to number two. So it didn't stay two weeks in a row, but people were really excited about it. Personally, I do not think Justin Bieber will ever go on a tour again, or at least not a full tour. I can see him trying and then saying his Lyme disease was taking too much out of him, but I do not see him doing a full tour. I know he released some dates, but yeah, if you bought tickets for that, I think he will do like the first part of the tour if there is even a tour. And then be like, no, I can't do it anymore. I just, I don't think, I don't think he's well enough to tour. Let me just put it that way. I know I've talked about all of his alleged drug use. And now he has allegedly has Lyme disease on top of all that. And I know that that's really debilitating. So I do not think Justin Bieber will ever tour again. Never a full tour. Maybe half tour, but never a full tour again. Speaking of Scooter Braun artists, 
Demi Lovato has released a so far three episodes on YouTube, Dancing with the Devil. It's about her overdose. It is about her just life in general. You know, she did one called Stay Strong a few years ago, and I guess I'm having a tough time with it. So it almost seems like she's blaming a lot of it on her previous management. And granted, maybe her previous management did not handle her sobriety and drug issues as well as they could have. That that's, could be true. I think two things can be true. You know, when people are like, oh, well, both things can be true. I think that they probably were like, hey, you're 18. You need to be sober. Like, you cannot live your life like this. And then a lot of people are like, well, they were too controlling. And it's kind of like, if if you don't have certain tools, if you don't have certain understandings, then yeah, maybe you do think that it needs to be done this way, this way, and this way. So I thought that was really interesting. And then, of course, they had Scooter Braun kind of be her white knight, her savior, who's there to help her through everything. And remember, he's executive producing this. So that's why I kind of, I don't know, it kind of frustrates me that you that they dunk they dunked I don't know why I keep saying dunked that they made her other management seem so bad when it's Philly Mac he manages the Jonas Brothers as well and he has a couple other artists under his belt and maybe she really didn't feel like she could be herself I don't I don't know she kept saying that but I do think it's interesting how she trigger warning this is a trigger warning she talks about how she lost her virginity in a rape and then she talks about how the night she OD'd she was also raped and she kind of reenacted those things like the person who took her virginity she called him again and was kind of like no we're gonna do this over and then even after her OD she called her dealer again did heroin again and had sex with him again except she was in control this time that's how she felt so the fact in in somebody actually dm'd me about her latest music video and I know I'm kind of all over the place with Demi I apologize I have a lot of Demi thoughts I always have Demi thoughts you guys know this But in her latest music video, she reenacted her overdose. And I'm just kind of like, weren't you just saying in this documentary that that's a really unhealthy thing that you do? So to me, automatically, I'm like, red flag. One other thing about Demi is she always talks about her addiction or has like a really big YouTube thing right before an album came out. So I didn't even know she was dropping a new album until the day it dropped, honestly, But I was watching her YouTube and then I was kind of like, okay, well, she has a song called, you know, Dancing with the Devil and all this stuff. And Demi Lovato is one of the most talented voices of our time. I don't care what anybody says. She reminds me a lot of Christina. Incredible voice, just not super well liked by the public. And I think that that is fair to say. Um, I do worry about Demi. I think that her even reenacting the OD when she already said in her YouTube videos that it was a trigger for her is actually a very scary thing. And I just I really hope that Demi can stay sober, that she is surrounded by really good people. I know that she said she's California sober now, which means she still smokes weed. But hopefully that doesn't trigger other things in her life. And I really, you know, I really hope that Demi can make it out of this. And just continue to stay strong, make incredible music. And hopefully she does have good management around her and good people around her. I guess that is something that obviously I worry about as if I know Demi personally. Unfortunately, the rapper DMX, he's been sober for quite a while. He's been clean. He has overdosed. And according to DMZ, he is on life support. He has very limited brain function. So I'm just going to put it out there putting, you know, 
healing vibes out to DMX. I know when I was younger, I used to, you know, really like his music because my brother did and my brother loved his autobiography and all of that. So it's obviously really sad when you see somebody like Demi overcome addiction, then overdose. And obviously it's sad for anybody, not just a celebrity. I just want to clarify that. My girl Taylor Swift is releasing Fearless on the 9th and I cannot wait. Now that I'm an adult, I am so excited. I think it came out when I was either a junior or a senior in high school. I can't remember. But I'm just so excited to like drink some wine, listen to White Horse, listen to Breathe, listen to all those songs the way I loved you. And I'm so excited about it. I Taylor's given us so much. I'm like overwhelmed. I'm almost like, can you slow down? I'm trying to like process everything. <laughs> but no, give us more. Give us as much as you want. You're helping us through quarantine. And I'm actually kind of bummed because it does seem like live shows are coming back. And of course, she just canceled Loverfest. I'm like, can you uncancel Loverfest so we can go to that? <laughs> Because I, like I said, I had really good seats for the first time ever. I had adult money and I was ready to spend it all on Taylor. So yeah, I guess I'm really excited about that. And of course, I'll talk about that when I um when I come back because next week there is no new episode of the podcast. Someone did DM me. They were like, so does that mean I should erase my old Fearless on Spotify and listen to the new? Yes, that is what we want. That is what the Swifties want. That is what Taylor wants. And really excited about that. So unfortunately, friend of the podcast, Shannon Ford, her podcast, probably a podcast, is taking a bit of a hiatus. Her co-host, Mary Carlisle, also known as MC, I believe, had to step away from the podcast. She said that people in her life were not exactly pleased with the content that was being put out. And it's that must be really hard. Because luckily, most people in my life don't, first of all, don't listen to the podcast, but also understand that it's my story to tell. If I want to talk about my mom's addiction, that's what I'm going to talk about. If I want to talk about other stuff, they understand that it's my story to tell. And again, I just, I'm that really bums me out that somebody in her life would like didn't support something she was doing, especially when it was harmless. She was just out there talking, like empowering women to talk about their sexuality and have fun and all this stuff. But it, it bums me out for Shannon. It bums me out for MC. And hopefully Shannon will find another co-host. I'm sure she will. She has a bunch of friends who are pretty funny. But all I can say is good vibes out to Shannon Ford. That's what I got for you about probably a podcast. I know some people were nervous that her and Mary Carlisle MC are no longer friends. That is not true. They're still very good friends. This is just something she had to step away from due to people in her ear. Again, it sucks. It sucks that people won't support her for something that she seemingly enjoyed to do. I mean, they just launched season two and it bothered whoever it was so much that they had to delete all of season one. And it's a lot of fucking hard work to do a podcast. Let me tell you that. It's a lot of work to record. It's a lot of work to edit. And I know Shannon was doing the editing and Mary Carlisle also did editing. So that is a lot of work that they just had to get rid of. I'm not sure if it was this past week or the week before, but TMZ posted something about how Britney does, in fact, write her own captions. Britney meaning Britney Spears, of course. I think we all can be on a first name Britney. Uh, I think we can all be on a first name basis when it comes to Britney. But TMZ did this whole thing about how Britney writes all of her own captions after she was so upset about the Free Britney documentary. And I always say TMZ is very trustworthy. I'm not going to say TMZ is trustworthy when it comes to two things, Britney Spears or the Kardashians. TMZ's on the payroll. TMZ has always been kind of more for the conservatorship because, again, they're getting paid by Britney's team to make it not seem as bad. 
Britney's not going to reach out to TMZ herself. Britney fucking hates the media. Why would she do that? So I just want to remind you guys, if you're looking at Britney's Instagram and you're like, what is going on? Britney does not run her Instagram. She does not have access to a phone. I believe she has a flip phone. I worry about Britney. Hopefully, we can get some more movement on the Free Britney movement. And yeah, I know that I've said in the past TMZ is really reputable when it comes to celebrity gossip because it is. It definitely is. They've never been sued, which is absolutely crazy. But they're also on the payroll for Britney's team and the Kardashians. And I'm sure other teams as well. But those two pop into my head immediately. I know I usually do some kind of like MTV show segment. I'm sorry there's not one this week. I have not been able to keep up with my shows just because I've been in Massachusetts. I did watch some Floribama Shore. That has become my one of my favorite shows on MTV. It's like the challenge Floribama Shore. Teen Mom, I can kind of do without now. Like, I'm so sick of Teen Mom. Amber really bothers me and I almost don't want to watch just because of Amber. So that's where I'm at with MTV shows right now. Um, Ariana Grande was announced to be the latest judge on The Voice. And I don't know why. Like, I don't know if people still watch The Voice. I really don't know. I've, I've never been a huge fan of The Voice. I feel like everyone who has won The Voice, other than maybe Danielle Bradbury and Cassidy Pope, who was famous before The Voice, so that doesn't count. I just, none of them have really <laughs> spoken to me or really become really big names. You know, I think people watch for the judges, not for the singers. And I think the reason Ariana Grande is going to be a judge is so she can appeal to the older generation because I feel like older people watch the show. Older people probably do not like her, don't know her music, whatever it is. And I think it's a really easy way for her team to get her in front of a different crowd, make her try and be likable. I don't think Ariana is (laughs) likable, but they're going to try and make her likable, see what happens there. And yeah, that's really all I have for pop culture this week or the last two weeks. Those are the things that stuck out to me. Um, Demi Lovato, obviously a really big part of it. Ariana Grande going on The Voice, absolutely bananas. Just does not make sense to me whatsoever. I wonder, does it make sense to you? I don't know. Next week, I'm also, or the next episode, like I said, I'm going to try, I'm going to be doing a deep dive of Reese and Ryan and I'm going to be bringing back Celebrity Blinds again. I know I stepped away from them for a while. It's time to bring them back. Let's, let's bring them back. I mean, I even remember if you watch the Demi documentary, you'll notice the left side of her face isn't as strong as the right side of her face. That is something NT lawyer Crazy Days and Nights said months ago or years ago, I guess at this point, right after the overdose, he was like, she had a stroke, so the left side of her face will never be the same. And if you watch close enough, you'll notice it. So it is time for me to get back in that celebrity blind space. I'm very excited about it. So as I wrap this up, I did want to thank you guys again for all of the super kind messages from when I posted about how I had to listen to myself and just kind of take a day to lay in bed, you know, kind of have a mopey day, I like to call them, days where you just stay in bed, relax, reflect, things like that. I got so many messages just making sure I was okay. And then when I announced that I quit my job without a job lined up, you guys were all so sweet and even were like, post more ads. We'll support you. I promise. That's really awesome. And I just wanted to thank you guys for the community that we've created. I think it's a really special space on the internet. And I think that's why cast members from not only Laguna Beach, but, you know, real world, the challenge. We had Cara Maria on. Um, Jemmy Carroll's been on. She'll probably be on again. We just, we've created this space where it's fun. It's not mean and it's more playful than anything. So thank you guys for that. 
And I just want to take a moment that if you are feeling really down, if you are having a hard time, people in your life care, even if you feel like they don't. I think that's a really important takeaway that I've learned over the last, you know, few weeks or years. I've just, I've been dealing with this for a long time. But like I said, the last few weeks have been extra hard. People care. People want to help you. And I know it's hard to ask for help, but once you do, you'll feel so much better. So thank you guys for tuning in this week. I am excited to kind of get back on the get back on the podcast bull, I guess you could call it. Horse? Is it a bull or a horse? I guess it could be both. But I hope you guys have an awesome week. And I'll talk to you in two weeks. And I believe that episode is when Brad Fischetti from LFO, the last remaining member of LFO, is going to be on the podcast to talk about some fun stuff. So I will talk to you later. Bye.